And three, two, one. of Couch Confessions. Uh, I'm Jonathan. I'm David. And I'm Zach. <laughs> That's right. Zoin, uh, joining us via Zoom is our good friend Zach. And I should have all the settings figured out, so he'll be nice and clear in the audio this time around. Woo woo. So super happy about that. Uh, well, I want to start out by saying uh, thank you guys for, for listening. I've had a, a few um, old friends reach out to me this past week, um, just telling me how much this podcast has meant to them. Uh, they've been listening um, a lot here recently, and, and some of the episodes have just really helped them through um, different things that they're going through. I'm not going to name names because I didn't get permission, uh, so you know I don't want to 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 just uh, spout out all of their. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to confess. Confessions. Yeah, <laughs> this is. This is our couch confessions out yeah. there, but um, but it was it meant a lot to me to to hear these stories and how um, this podcast has has uh, impacted them. And so I just want to say, if you're out there and and this podcast has impacted you, let us know, man. That really blessed me uh, just hearing some of those stories. But let us know. Um, email us. You know, our email is blhstudios21 at gmail. You can email us there. Or you can just reach out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BL Heretics. Um, just comment on anything, uh, like our pages, follow our pages, and just let us know. Reach out and let us know how this uh, has impacted you. And um, and again, if if it has impacted you, think of how impactful it might be to your friends and your family and your community around you. And um, if, if if you're so bold, you know, share it with them. Share how this podcast has helped you, and uh, and you could be that vessel that brings brings uh, this goodness to them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the goodness, all the goodness. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, there's a there's a level of of uh, of it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll bring the confessions. Yeah, the confessions yeah. I can be happy that this is yeah, this is right. helping people. Um, right. Absolutely. So it's 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 awesome. That was really encouraging. So the 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 few of you um, guys who have reached out to me this week, you guys know who you are, and I, I just want to tell you thank you. It really has meant a lot to me. Um, uh, that encouragement. So um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about symbols and, and symbolism and iconography, things like that. And this really comes off of last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. It's our uh, episodes on seasons. And we were talking about, um, as we go into the Advent season, um, just the, the, the benefits for the liturgical calendar. And there's so many of those. Um, just having some regularity in your life, uh, repetition as well. And towards the end of that conversation, we started uh, talking about symbols. David, you had brought up a few symbols that were kind of common to, to Advent specifically. Sure, yeah. We, uh, more specifically, just church. 
uh, symbols, those ones that you'll see in ordinary time. Uh, for those of you all that uh, went out and looked up the calendar after our, <laughs> yeah. after our podcast, uh, ordinary time, and then those that are during the actual special seasons that where we're learning and going through uh, the life of Christ during during the calendar season. So, yeah. And so th- those symbols are, are super helpful for us as we walk through the church calendar, but we wanted to kind of dive into just symbols in general uh, today and, and how they can be beneficial to us as we're, as we're growing, as we're trying to, to, to grow in our relationship with Christ, as we're trying to grow as individuals, as we're trying to uh, just make it through life, what are the, the benefits to having symbols? And so we were talking beforehand, uh, before we started recording, and we were saying that it, it's probably pretty um, important to get a good definition um, yeah, you know, it was a little difficult even for us, I think, to even mm-hmm. hammer out what a symbol was because Zach, like he normally does, brought in a good point. Zach, uh, <laughs> what is a symbol, man? Yeah. Yeah, so a basic idea of a symbol is that it is a mark or character used as a conventional representation of an object, function, or process. And um, a bit, I, can't, I guess this definition really splintered from us talking about, we talked about, uh, language and the alphabet. I, I have a young son, and so I'm spending a lot of time going over the ABCs right now, um, so much so that I'm sick of it. But um, like for him, the word cat, C-A-T, there are symbols, the letter C, the letter A, the letter T, that are communicating an idea. And so as we're talking about symbols, that's what we're really getting at is what is this idea or process or picture that we're trying to convey from one person to another uh, and that really splintered from, we, thought, we touched a little bit about cultures, about different languages, and how my symbol varies differently from your symbol. So, um, Jonathan, David, tell us a little bit more about like how that works. Yeah, so um, one of the, the things with, with language that you had brought up earlier was that um, these symbols that I might write to convey an idea mean nothing to a non-English uh, speaker. You know, or, or or they might if the you know similar roots, but you know if I if I write out like you said, cat, and I go to China, and I, I find somebody that does not speak English that is only speaking Mandarin or Cantonese, and I write those letters, it's not going to mean anything to them, and um, yeah, and so it's, it's that's important to know is that that some symbols they're 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 just there to communicate an idea that that's the the main focus there yeah and i think uh i think it's also important to recognize and, and the nuances of language none of us are uh experts on language nope. and none of us are claiming to be um but you know you can you can misunderstand as well words have different meanings based on the context in which they're used. Mm-hmm. Now, cat's yeah. not usually one of them, right. okay? but <laughs> but we have larger words, and I can't think of one because I don't think of large words uh, on well, a regular well, basis. One, it goes back to the first episode of, of Borderline Heretics, which was about foul language. That's right. Like the mm-hmm. word bloody. That does not mean the same thing here as it does in England. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and so that's that's a that's one very specific word that... that communicates different ideas depending on where it's at thank you jonathan thank yeah. yeah for cleaning that up i was i i did want to bring it back to to the idea of a symbol that's prevalent in the christian church though that is not understood hmm. by non-christians very well and it was not understood even sometimes by christians as to crucifix hmm. if you go into a church and you see a crucifix 
um, on the altar or hanging. And, and I want to give the definition of what a crucifix is. It's not a cross. It's a cross with the Christ hanging on the cross. Right. right? So it's a very specific cross. It's a cross with Jesus Christ hanging on it. Um, it can be a little uh, unnerving, maybe. Uncomfortable. You might uncomfortable. Right uh, to see that, and especially for those that are not of the Christian faith, um, especially maybe even some of our fellow Baptist friends and family right out there, they don't really come in contact with the crucifix all that much. No, we have crosses. We have plenty of crosses. We have plenty of crosses. We love the cross, but the crucifix, eh, we don't. We don't like to deal with that. But I would like to bring it back to. Uh, to the fact that it's un- unnerving um, and misunderstood by the uh, unbelievers. Um, and, and I think it's because of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. For the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so it's not referencing the crucifix specifically here, but more broadly just the cross. But, but the it, act that but happened. But the act, yeah. exactly. So... Um, and, and so it's difficult to understand things when it's not in context or we're not there to receive it. Like we're, we're not in a place to receive it. I think um, there's, a, there's a comedian, uh, I believe it's Mark Maron, who has a whole bit. He's, he's uh, culturally Jewish. He's not a religious man, uh, but he was raised Jewish. Um, and he had to do a show, uh, a, a comedy show in the Deep South and mm. just happened to be on Easter. <laughs> And so he does, he oh, has no. this whole bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it doesn't no. end well. Um, <laughs> but he has this whole bit where he was like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm Jewish. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, ra- wasn't raised with these Christian symbols. I didn't know what they were. And so he starts doing some research on Easter. And then he's like, oh, this is about, um, you know, Jesus getting crucified. And he makes this joke about, well, maybe the reason he hasn't come back is our main symbol is him on the cross, and we call Good Friday, Good Friday, and he's like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a Good Friday for him, you know, that kind of a thing, but it it, it shows... The massive disconnect there. Yeah, that, right? that he, not a Christian, mm-hmm. looks at that and says, well, obviously, that's a gory symbol, and that, uh, we call it Good Friday, like, that was a horrible day for him. And that's definitely man's perspective on crucifixion, right? I mean, what a horrible act to go through. Um, and, and yet God, if from God's perspective, the, the cross is him showing his power, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And Zach, yeah. you had a, an interesting point somewhere, uh, similar, you know, about like that early symbolism and, and what it meant. Yeah. So we, that, that's actually great that you brought that up because we were talking a little bit beforehand about how the cross itself, um, well, let me start with the idea. The idea is that a symbol to me might not mean the same thing as a symbol to you. Uh, so for us as Christians today, the cross is a symbol of hope. A cross is the symbol of the, the unification of God's great plan to re- reunite fallen man to himself. And when Jesus was crucified on the cross, the Romans had very effectively, uh, as with everything else that they did, uh, created a symbol of public uh, fear and shame. Uh, the cross was a humiliating death to experience. Uh, it was the worst of the worst thing to happen. Um, and the crosses actually weren't even as tall as they portray them in the movies. Uh, sorry, Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were actually a lot smaller. Um, 
in stature because they wanted people to see up close the horrific and gruesome brutality that the crucifix was. So um, the symbol of the cross today is very different than the, the symbol of the cross when it was actively in use for its intended purpose. That's right. And there's a reason why they put them normally on a hill or some high ground. It was to, to show them off, but you're right, they were a lot shorter. Yeah. So. Um, and so, so yeah, so we, we can see uh, how, you know, getting a work, working definition of symbols, they're, they're meant to communicate an idea. And, you know, as long as they're communicating, that's, that's their job. And so, you know, who are they communicating to? You know, that's going to vary in, in different people. It's not going to communicate the same things. But as long as they're communicating to the, the person they're intended to, that's, that's what's important. And so, um, so that's, a, that's a good working definition. And, and these things can be um, language. It can be written language. It can also be um, uh, pictures. You know, it can be uh, physical things that we touch and we hold. Um, it, can, it can be a number of things. It's just something that communicates. That's the, really the main idea. And so, so we've got a working definition. And so, David, I want to uh, throw it over to you with some of the symbols that we, some of the other symbols that we see. So obviously the cross and the crucifix are, are the most well-known ones that sure. we have. Uh, but what are some other symbols that we, we see throughout Scripture, throughout the church, things like that? Yeah, and I, I think I want to, focus mostly um, on the church symbols that you might come across more often than not, um, and really focusing it on those during what you'll see during the Advent season. A lot of these are going to be what you see during the Advent season more more often. Um, so you'll see a lot of candles during the Advent season, and uh, candles being lit. Uh, some churches have a 24-7, 365 candle that stays lit. And, um, and so that is to show that um, Christ is the light of the world. Mm. And that's what the candle's there to represent. There are some rules in churches. Uh, the high churches have more, obviously, than the low churches mm. do on that. But if you have an altar, you're supposed to have at least two candles on each altar. Um, and then at a higher altar in the church, and again, that for Roman Catholicism and, um, and high church Anglicanism, Anglicanism um, the Catholic Anglicanism, you'll see six to eight candles on the, the high altars. And so it's just a representation saying that, you know, this place is holy because Christ is here amongst us, you know, and he's the light of the world. He brings the light with him. Um, incense, a lot of us probably don't see incense in our church, but um, if you come to an Anglican church during the holiday season, you will see incense being used. There is a, there's a church, um, I think it's a Catholic church, um, uh, it might be Episcopal. I'm not. I'm not super familiar. But there is a, there's a church here in Columbia that a lot of uh, CIU students would go to um, for like one of the Advent services, and they'll do the the chanting and everything. And that was probably my only experience with incense in a church because they'll they'll go by and they'll swing the incense. That's my church. <laughs> That's your church. Okay. Yeah, it's an Anglican church. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Well, no, there's a different one. Oh, is there a different? Yeah, one? there's a different oh, one. Because okay. um, right. I know I know that one. Yeah. You're talking about but Trinity. You're Trinity. About That's Trinity. it. Trinity. That's it. Okay. It's Trinity. All right. There you go. So, uh, but they'll yeah they'll walk down and, and do the the whole incense down the the uh, the, the line there. Um, incense just represents our prayers being lifted to the Lord. Um, you'll see incense uh, in Scripture um, to to represent this a few times. Yeah. There's a couple of Old Testament references both in Malachi um, and uh, Leviticus, I believe. But then you'll see it um, in the New Testament 
during the bull, uh, during the um, revelation, not revelations, yeah. revelation. It's one revelation. Right. <laughs> one revelation there. <laughs> uh, uh, revelation with the bowls of incense and yeah. uh, and being being given uh, to to God there. So, um, and so those are two very important ones to see. And then the third one during the Advent season, we'll start to see a lot more color. Yeah. Because um, we again we move from that ordinary time to to the life of Christ essentially, right? And so you start to see vestments or or the garments that the uh, liturgical priest wears. Mm-hmm. Um, they change and they get a lot more colorful. Uh, the reason for this isn't to show off money or wealth inside the church. It's actually to be representative of. Uh, the the leaders out of the Exodus mm. um, and the establishment of the Jewish nation. Um, so it's important to know that, and then it also harkens back to uh, Revelation again mm. uh, with the white robes, saints wearing white robes, um, and so that's important. Yeah, I think you uh, you touched on something there. It's not to show um, money. It's not to show uh, excess of wealth and stuff like that. And I think or that's. Status. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that um, so when when thinking of well, what's what's the potential uh, pushback that we could have mm-hmm. for for symbols, and I think that just like you know the church calendar, we have uh, a lot of misunderstanding of these symbols, and so one thing is in in um, you know. It's easy to use the the Roman Catholic Church as a scapegoat, but it's not just them. You know, it's 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 throughout. You know, uh, Catholic and Protestant sure, churches yeah. alike, and so these symbols can often be used to establish to show status. You know, to say I'm better than you, or or look how much money this church has. Sure, uh, it can also be seen as um, means of salvation. And, and like, or, or like essentials to the gospel. Yes. Like we've yeah. got to have these things. Like these symbols are worship. They're idolized. Yeah. Um, and then also it could be like a, uh, a chance to obscure almost to, to say, well, look, look how mysterious these things are. You see all these mm. symbols. And so it's, it's a, it could be a means to separate. Well, I don't know what those are. Okay. It's the great mystery, you know, kind yeah, of like, yeah, a, sure. to, again, to push some status. Like I'm, I'm so much more holy than you. Cause I know the true meaning of these. these now, now you're things. referencing almost like a, a play versus the, the people who watch the play yeah. type of attitude. Yeah. It's like, okay, we have that separation there. You're on stage, I'm not mm-hmm. type of deal. And it almost does away with that saintly knowledge that we know, right? Like mm-hmm. we're we're all saints, mm-hmm. but some are more saintly than yeah. others, right? Because they're on stage and I'm I'm just a, a you know, I'm mm-hmm. just back here watching. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I was also gonna say I think one of the things that is tying into what we're talking about that we would be remiss if we didn't mention is the idea that where you are, your culture, and those things around you are influencing you as to what those symbols mean. So, for example, if I go to a USC game and I wear USC as in University of South Carolina, the real USC, the first USC, um, <laughs> and, you, and I wear orange Some fine and purple, words. I'm probably and i'm sitting in the middle of the usc section i'm probably not going to have a good night um now granted clemson's going to smack the tar out of usc because that's what just happened recently but 
Um, I'm wearing the wrong symbols if I'm trying to egregiate myself with the students of UFC, right? right. I'm wearing, I'm conveying the wrong symbol um, right. in the same way that I don't go to my uh, family's farm to help with uh, bailing hay and helping with the corn seed wearing a three-piece suit. I'm conveying the wrong symbol. So I think that's something to keep in mind that there are, there's two factors at play here. What are we intentionally trying to communicate in the symbols that we use and interact with? And maybe even more importantly, what symbols are influencing you that you may not be aware of? I want to um, touch on that first aspect real quick, and then I want to go into that second aspect of what you said. Because again, our definition is that these, these symbols are things that communicate. And so if they don't communicate, they're not effective symbols. So if, if um, say, I'm in a high church setting, say I'm, I'm um, clergy in a high church setting, and a lot of my lay people don't understand the symbols, then either I need to stop using those symbols or I need to inform them what these symbols mean. You need to educate. Right. Yeah, and I think a lot of churches have... I say a lot. I don't actually know. I don't know because I'm not. You There's know. a lot of books on these symbols, and right. and, and a lot of churches do, do a lot cla- of work. Yeah. Uh, yes, classes do classes, yes. and when you're introducing into, because a lot of people, um, you know, are coming into Anglican the, the Anglican denomination and not having grown up in these sure. kind of things, and so your your church does teach Anglicanism like, 101. Yeah, uh, what do these symbols mean? And so if we're not um, cautious about the symbols we use, if we're not intentional about the symbols we use, we're going to miscommunicate mm-hmm. um, yep. or just not communicate at all. That's right. Um, yep. And so I think we need to be intentional about that. But then that other thing that you said, uh, Zach, was we need to be intentional about the symbols that, that are affecting us um, maybe unconsciously, subconsciously, right? And that's an important thing uh, to, to, to be aware of, right? Because um, like we mentioned uh, last week, David, we have routines. We have a liturgy, that's right, uh, of our own that we have set up uh, often unintentionally, personally and as as churches. We have liturgies and routines that we get into that we don't think about. That's right, and they just happen, and that's affecting us one way or the other. It's the same thing with symbols. These symbols are in our lives, whether we think about them or not. Um, so it's important that we are intentional about them. That's right, and I think you can so. Last week we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about we have liturgies in our churches already, whether you say it's a liturgy or not. Um, we can let we can become lazy or maybe apathetic towards them and let them define the routine that we get into and, and our emotional state instead of letting our emotional state uh, or, or what we want to project onto it be the determining factor. So we let it happen to us rather us doing those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where symbols can play a big part in um, us making that transition. Uh, and that's right. It takes the actual cognitive push. We have to make that mental decision mm-hmm. to when we see that symbol um, before it becomes triggering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, we, wanna, we want that to cross over and it becomes natural more natural to us where, okay, when I see the cross, this is the way I feel. Mm. When I see this procession down this aisle, 
this is what is happening, right? It's not Christ is going before. Us. It's yes. it's something that you have to you have to think about. Mm-hmm. You have it's not going to just come to you. Nothing just passive. Well, I won't say nothing. Those those normally those bad habits passively come in because you're not being active, yes. right? They creep into us. And I'm not a, a counselor the, the like Zach is. Do what? The law of entropy. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, and there was one more I wanted to talk about before we got into the uh, real life symbols because yeah. that's I feel like that's where we're going right now. Yeah. There was one, uh, and it's the big one for me, is the Eucharist. So, uh, layman's term, the communion, right? Right. Um, so Eucharist for high church, communion for low church, same thing. Lord's Means Supper. Exa- Lord's Supper. Oh yeah, that's a good one there. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I forgot about that If you're that in one. the South, you got to say the word supper. Like, yeah, you got to the... say supper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, there's always food. There's always food, and, <laughs> and Christ was all about it, too, you know. I mean, so, he was always breaking bread with the disciples. That's true, yeah. Break, breaking bread, and which leads me right into it, is bread and wine are the symbols of communion, <clears throat> the Lord's Supper, uh, or, or the Eucharist, right? And so it's important to understand bread. Bread has been throughout history known as... Uh, the food for our bodies, mm. nutrition for sustenance. our bodies, sustenance, right? Um, but no more obvious than manna flowing from the heavens um, and just time and time again. I mean, even during the Roman age, uh, bread being passed out at these uh, games, you know, uh, just to feed people type deal. So it's, it's always on people's minds uh, during that time period, bread. And it still is heavily on my mind as I eat a carb-loaded <laughs> diet, which I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but wine being the second part of it, um, very important during that time period, right? Uh, water's dirty, mm-hmm. um, and so well, I'm not going to get into the debate here. Maybe on the broader podcast, you debate whether or not wine's a good thing. Wait a second, yeah. you already have, right? Yeah. So <laughs> go back. That's so the go back. Episode. There you go. There you go. There's a plug for that one. Um, but but wine being an important symbol of Jesus's blood, so that you've got the blood, uh, the blood and the body. And you're partaking in it, and I'm not going to get into transubstantiation with anybody nope. here because I'm not Catholic and I'm not well versed enough to fight that one. But uh, but <laughs> we're not experts. Yeah, I'm not. We never claim to be. Yeah, yeah, never claim to be an, uh, uh, a transubstantiation expert. But there was that one person that said it did turn into body on them. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they were eating. But um, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's an important symbol, um, and I think there's something more attached to it than just a symbol, and I'd like to talk about that at a later date, maybe mm-hmm. uh, talking about those those common graces and those holy graces mm, okay. in the church. Um, but that's a definite conversation for another day yeah. and a confession. That but, but I think this is a good point, though, yeah. in that is uh, if we're not intentional about making that symbol mean something, mm-hmm. it just happens. For a Mm -hmm. lot of people, and I mean, look, as a Baptist, we, man, we only celebrate it uh, once a quarter, and like that doesn't seem like enough to me. Sure. And and so every time it happens, it's like, oh wait, what was this thing that we did? And so it's not, it doesn't seep in. And for me, growing up, it was always just, oh, I get a little bit of Welch's and a stale piece of bread like okay all right i guess the sermon's gonna be a little bit shorter and then (laughs) then as i got as i got older and started playing uh in the worship team 
you know, when I, when I found out, oh, hey, uh, communion's coming up, I guess I got to prepare a couple songs to strum in the background. Like, that's, that's what it meant to me. Sure. And so I think that's a prime example of if we aren't intentional, it just becomes a thing we do, and we don't actually use it as the symbol it's meant to, a reminder of what our Lord and Savior went through. And then that he will come again. That's right. That at that last supper, he says, I'm not going to eat or drink of this. I'm not going to partake of this wine until I have it in heaven in that, in that feast at the end of, uh, at, at the end of time. Like, and so that, that symbol is meant to be something to mm-hmm. us. And if we're not intentional about it, it just becomes a, 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 a random thing that happens at the end of our church services. That's right. And and there's a yeah. lot of theological debates about the importance of whether or not Christ is there with us at that time period right. and, and all those things. But you're right. Whatever that symbol may mean to you in mm. your theological beliefs, right? right, whatever your system is, it's important to recognize it. We know when it's, it's at happening. least important. That's right. It's yeah. at least important. It, right. it, it is an ordinance in all churches. Yes. And yeah. so... Yeah, and I think that you guys are both hitting on something I was going to say is that you've got to be intentional. Um, I don't. I know I sound like a broken record when I say that every time we talk about the subject, but it 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 does mean something, and it will either mean what you choose and intentionally figure out and study and discuss with others about what it means, or it's going to mean what everyone tells you it means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach, did you have any other uh, comments on that last little bit of? Um... Some of the the symbols that affect us just unconsciously or subconscious. Do you have any examples of that or any other um, uh, words to oh to say on that? Uh, so, yes, there's many things that I could say, um, but I think for for brevity's sake, um, there there is a lot of debate within uh, my field as far as the role of the conscious versus the subconscious. Um, there are there, I was I was classically trained in cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, my master's program was in attachment therapy, and my um, my own individual study and passion has been very existential um, in regards to its therapy. So there's a lot of different views when it comes to these different elements. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do is there's a very short book called The Ant and the Elephant. Um, it's a, it's a fantastic read. You can read it in one small sitting, even if you're not a reader. Um, and that story, that allegory, um, there's a lot of truth to it. So that's something to keep in mind. And that talks about a lot of different elements when it comes to symbols, because um, advertising uh, is very effective at what it does. I think it was the last confessions you guys were talking about. Facebook is blue for a reason. Yeah. McDonald's is red and yellow for a reason. Um, in case you guys didn't know, uh, that's all subconscious. Um, or in the ant and the elephant, that would all be ant elements or um, elephant elements. Now, when we're talking about um, what you were saying, Jonathan, about how you had uh, communion once a quarter and it wasn't enough because it didn't sink in as far as the brevity of what it was, um, that is because of the principle that truth in and of itself is not a persuader, repetition is. And that's something that you need to keep in mind with your subconscious. The reason it's subconscious is because it's automatic. It's automatic. And that's because you've either been exposed to it so many times that it's just part of your natural flow, um, or it's something that you've intentionally done to the point that it's now automatic. So um, 
I know that might be a little bit broader than what you were necessarily looking for, Jonathan. Um, but that's the point of why I always say be intentional. Um, things are happening, whether you choose to let it happen or not. And so why would you let other people influence you? Be intentional. Yeah, no, that's good. And and uh, and it is it was broad, but it's a good plug. Uh, you said that book was the ant and the elephant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go read that. Yeah, yeah, I'll find it. Um, I think you lent it to me one time, Zach. You I know did. Me. You know me. I though. did lend it to you one yeah, time. Yeah, you know and me. And I though. think you read it, but I'm not. I sure. don't know if I did or not. <laughs> he didn't read it enough. He didn't read it. Reread it. Yeah, I didn't re-read repeat it. the reading process. I honestly, just you know how I am. So. But that, well, that's... I also I also know how you feel about allegories. Yes, yes. <laughs> not a big fan of Aesop's fables. Oh well, you know, <laughs> not that's not that's too big of a confession for me to make on okay. the couch. Okay. <laughs> oh We're... come on, we heard a lot from Jonathan last time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, he bore his heart. <laughs> what better place? Uh, but that's that's good. The repetition is important. Um, the intentionality is important. And so I want to talk uh, just briefly about. You know, how does this work in our life, in our day-to-day? Uh, I'm not so uh, naive to think that all of our listeners are, are believers. And, um, and so what I want to do is, is talk about it so in, in a way that's not just church-based, mm-hmm. uh, because that is important. We need to be intentional about those that we see in church. But for those that are listening that aren't involved in a local church or, or maybe are on the fence about, about Christianity— and they're looking just for some life advice. Um, uh, you know, I want to I want to talk about that a little bit. Some of the the just more broader principles of, of symbols in our in our daily life. Uh, for me personally, I have a few symbols uh, on my body. So tattoos um, are are big uh, to me and my family. Uh, pretty much everybody in my family has tattoos, and that's a whole other uh, BLH um, episode on tattoos. But the tattoos that I have on my body are symbols. They're reminders for me. They're very intentionally, very thought out. Um, I have uh, a few of them that that remind me of just the things that God has done in my life, how He has provided for me, how He's been faithful. Um, my my most recent one is one on my foot, and it's a, a burning bush, and it reminds me of the Exodus passage where uh, Moses. Uh, is is you know faced with the burning bush and God says take the sandals off your feet the place on which you stand is holy ground mm-hmm. so for me as a worship leader that's a, a constant reminder to me that when um, when I'm leading I am in the presence of God this is a very sacred thing and I need to be intentional about that moment that's right. and so it's a reminder of, of the calling God's place in my life but it's also a, a a deep reminder to be like hey be be serious about what you're doing here. Because this is holy ground. This is this is this is a profound thing um, that's happening right now. So that's a constant reminder. These tattoos on my body, and I'm not suggesting that that our <laughs> listeners go out and get tattoos. They're very. It's a very expensive hobby. I want to talk about tattoos on another episode for real. <laughs> uh, for sure, I'd I'd love to talk to you about tattoos. Yep. Um, but uh, but I've got other symbols that I that I wear. I've got a, a bracelet that I that I wear constantly. Um, Oddly enough, not right now, um, <laughs> but almost constantly I wear this bracelet. That's a reminder about my family. And so I have these these little reminders and, and um, other, I, I mean, I could go on about the symbols that I place in my life. Mm-hmm. Again, not as an idea of I'm going to worship this thing or if I don't have it, my life is ruined. But they're just like, 
when I see that, when I touch it, when I when I hold it, yes, this is what this, oh yes, God did this for me, or oh yes, my family is is important to me, or oh yes, I've got this calling in my life, I've got this skill, this talent that, that God has gifted me. And so they're reminders uh, of these big life moments for me. And it, it keeps me, it keeps me on a, on a, on a path that keeps me going forward, continuing uh, to move forward in my life. That's right. And, uh, and for me and Zach, I know that we talked about it before, but I mean, we're both married. So our wedding rings are what we have. Um, and, and even though I wear it on my right hand instead of my left due to injury, it's still a constant reminder, right? Of that, of that marriage. It still communicates. It still you. communicates. That's right. Um, it's a weak communication over here on the right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but, I, but personally, uh, professionally, I wear a tie every day in my, in my current mm-hmm. role. And I make that, I make that a symbol every single day, not for others to look at me and go, wow, he's wearing a tie. It's to remind me that I'm a professional. And that I need to act that way. So yeah. it's a it's a good way to keep reminding myself. Uh, so yeah, and Zach, what what are some of the symbols for you? Well, I was gonna go a little shallower with some of my symbols. So <laughs> that's um, okay. I'm that's wearing, okay. great. You're not on the couch. I, I, <laughs> uh, I'm I, I'm I'm wearing uh, my team's jersey right now. I threw shade on them during one of the podcasts, but I still wear their jersey. Um, and then I, I'm drinking water out of my analogy with a Yellowstone sticker that I got with David while mm-hmm. we were in Yellowstone. And that stupid sticker that I got for three ninety nine, dollars uh, it takes me back to a summer's worth of memories where we were hiking like madmen, yes. uh, exploring the wilderness and having so much fun uh, in one of God's most beautiful places on earth, in my opinion. So no. symbols can be simple and small, but they also can be really deep and impactful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, how many how many people at CIU had stickers on their backpacks or on their now jeans, and and some of them were just cool things, you know, cool designs. Uh, but how much more beneficial would it have been if it if there was a memory attached right. to it? That's right. And so every time you know, and you you carry that now gene with you all the time, and uh, and so uh, how how influential is that little reminder just every day of that that awesome summer that you guys uh spent out on yellowstone and so i i think that's a that's a that's some good advice to to give is is be intentional about those symbols have those symbols in your life find them be intentional and they don't have to be super deep um but they're going to keep you going you know when when times are hard around you when you're going through a rough spot if you got a little symbol that reminds you of a good time in your life or a time that, that, you know, you worked through a, a serious struggle and you came out the other side. I mean, how important is that going to be for you to see that symbol on a regular basis? Some of us have those, right? Some, mm-hmm. I, I know you do uh, mm-hmm. on your body. I know Zach does uh, with all of his near death experiences. And, uh, and, and I do as well. We have symbols, uh, our scars are symbols mm-hmm. um, just as they have been uh, since the beginning of mankind. Um, guys, we carry a lot of scars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are symbols every day of the uh, the battles we face and the ones that we've that we've won. I also want to say right quick before we before we sign off and play that funky groovy music um, for our listeners that uh, you don't take symbols for for what they're not. Don't uh, don't worship the symbol, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Don't worship the symbol. Um, icons have a bad connotation with them. Now, I'm not saying icons are bad. Um, they stand for something, but 
taking it too far and worshiping the symbol is a problem. Remembering what the symbol is about is the important part. Mm-hmm. And yep. remembering why you want that symbol in your life is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there is no, literally no symbol worth worshiping ever. Right. Uh, the cross is not what we worship. We worship the Lord who died on the cross. Right. It doesn't hold any kind of power either. It's not a yes. it's not a totem or a talisman or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not walking around with incense trying to get rid of the demons around me. No. Maybe I should. Zach, you got something. I do. So you realize you just quoted, I think it's the second commandment. You should not make an image in my, like not make a carved or a craven image. A graven image. image something. Yes. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah. That right there. Like. Yep. The, the image is supposed to remind us and convey something up to us, not necessarily something that we worship in and of itself. So I think that's that's such a great warning to give um, to make sure that people don't go too far with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, thank you guys again for, for, uh, for listening, and I hope you take some time, uh, especially in this season where everything's chaotic, take some time to to be intentional about the season, uh, the symbols in your life. Uh, get away for a minute and, and really try to identify some symbols and, and use those to, to help you um, make some progress in life and, and, and find your way. I would encourage our listeners to even maybe write something down yeah. and, and write their meaning down for them. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Well, uh, David? Let's have play that music. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,